Sporting Kansas City is closing in on restarting its season again. After being eliminated from the MLS's back tournament on July 30th, Sporting will have waited until this Friday to resume the regular season when it visits Minnesota. That game is for first place. Sporting and Minnesota United FC have the top two records in the Western Division. Sporting returns home the following Tuesday, and fans will be allowed in the stands at Children's Mercy Park on a limited basis. Beat writer Sean Goodwin discusses these developments on Sports Beat KC. It's Wednesday, August 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. After a break, you'll hear from Sporting KC CEO Jake Reed, who last week met with reporters about having fans in the stands at Children's Mercy. So here we go with Sean Goodwin. Hey, Sean, how you doing today? I'm good, Blair. Keep him busy. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's yeah. been a while since I've seen Sporting KC play, and it's been a yeah. while since Sporting KC has played in mm-hmm. a season of s- starts and stops. They are in a. I guess they're going to restart for a second time. It's just it's mm-hmm. just odd, isn't it? How I thought the MLS's back tournament was a great success for for the mm-hmm. league, but it. But the fact that it you know went from uh, the, the pool play into the knockout round, if you lost early in the knockout round, you ended up with a with a second a um, delay in your season. So mm-hmm. um, so the sporting Kansas City and Peter Vermees and the team have, have had to negotiate a, a second delay. The, their last game was on July 30th and they won't play again until this Friday mm-hmm. when they travel up to Minnesota. What do you think the impact of that is going to be, of, of just a, a second long layoff for these guys? Uh, you know, Blair, I think that it's like the worst thing in the world, this second layoff for some of the teams that made it later into the tournament. I mean, even Sporting KC of the quarterfinals, because yes, by the time they play on Friday, it's been about three weeks. Occasionally, you know, if there's an international break for international play, sometimes leagues across the world will skip a week and it's two weeks until teams play again. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit longer for like sporting. I think it's a bigger impact on the teams that went out in the group stage um, because obviously, you know, we've had an even longer layoff, right? For, you know, about a month. Uh, so, I I don't think it's the worst thing in the world just a few weeks, but the teams got went deeper to the semi-finals and obviously the final one. You'd imagine be a little bit looser and fresher heading into this first round of games. One thing is true, um, that when the season restarts for the MLS, the regular season where it picks up, Sporting Kansas City is in first place. Yeah. And... With their 4-0-1 record, 12 points, they're one point um, up on is, – is it Minnesota that's in second? Um, it should be. Give me a quick second to think yeah, about I know. It. I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have asked without it uh, being in, in, front of, in front of me. But I know they're one point clear of, of their opponent. Yeah. Everybody's, played, everybody's played five games. and, and um, It should uh, be Minnesota because Minnesota right now, they're still undefeated technically. Um, there we go. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's Minnesota. KC on 12, Minnesota 11. So. so first place battle on Friday yeah. in Minnesota. And that's where those were the teams that actually started the uh, MLS Cup play, if I'm not mistaken, right? They, uh, mm-hmm. That was the first first game for each team in the in, in the pool play. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that was the uh, the Tim Melia red card game where Minnesota scored. 
the, the, the two goals. goals. Right. Yes. Yes. So I, I guess when I think of when I think back to that game after the very long layoff for, for yeah. COVID-19, Sporting actually, I, I, I recall them dominating the first half of that game, getting a goal late in the first half. And and it started to switch momentum-wise about 15, 10 or 15 minutes into the second half mm-hmm. with um, Minnesota starting to assert itself a little more. And then, of course, the, the red card for Amelia just changed everything. And and this mm-hmm. this rivalry that's supposed to be the nice rivalry really mm-hmm. is you – know, I don't know how nice these guys are to each other. Yeah. This is a pretty intense – I think it's a pretty intense rivalry. It, it, it's getting pretty tense nowadays, and I'm sure, especially after the first um, pool game, It'll be a little bit more intense as well. I mean, like you said, it's sporting. I won't say dominating, but you know they could have been, I guess, two, three, zero up by the time Minnesota started turning the screws. So you'd hope that would translate over to this game. But I think Minnesota and obviously fans are now going to be backing the um, backing the bleachers. So it's going to be a completely different atmosphere, which one we're not used to now with fans backing the exactly. stadium. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute, but let me let me before we leave the sort of the current state of of Sporting Kansas City. The, the last time we watched Sporting KC play was against the Philadelphia Union in the knockout round of the MLS's mm-hmm. back tournament, and that was that was an abysmal game mm-hmm. for Sporting Kansas. The first half was I couldn't watch it; it was just awful, uh, awful. And you know, look, this is a good Sporting KC team. Uh, they made the off-season acquisitions that uh, you know that have improved this team. Is it is it is, is it unfair to say there would be carryover from uh, you know the, the, would, would, would the last game at least leave a bad taste in the mouths of, of Sporting Kansas City as they resume the regular season? I I wouldn't say so. I mean, especially with a guy like Peter of Music at helm, you know, he was that's probably the. Not resigned. I've seen him, but more he just said, yeah, we weren't ready for it. Um, blamed it on himself. But as we know, piece of amazing how relentless he is. I'm sure he'll have the guys fully up for this game against Minnesota, especially with it being a Western Conference game. I wasn't worry about that being an issue. And again, sour taste. Look, the second half, Sporting, you know, they play as well. They obviously got a goal back right again in the first half. And then they scored the marginally offside goal in the second half so it picked up in the second half it just wasn't enough and I'm sure they'll be right. raring to go on Friday there you go okay as you mentioned Sean the um, uh, fans will be back in the stands mm-hmm. for these games and the um, after after Sporting Kansas City heads to Minnesota on Friday on July 25th they come home to play the Houston Dynamo and we know that Children's Mercy Park will be is it twenty percent uh, is it twenty percent of capacity some twenty five hundred um, I believe is that 14, what it, is that what it fourteen percent oh fourteen yeah. I'm sorry yeah well, thank you twenty five hundred is the uh, a little over twenty five hundred by like eighty people but yeah it's fourteen percent capacity so it's uh, it's twenty five hundred people inside inside the stadium so you know we have an atmosphere again for once. Yeah, I mean, uh, earlier this week, the the Kansas City Chiefs announced that um, that they'll have people in the stands for at least their first three home games 
And that's going to be up to, I think, 17,000 at Arrowhead and mm-hmm. seating in, in pods, no more than six in a pod. And, and the pods will be spread out throughout, um, throughout Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. Do we know about what, what seating will look like with 2,500 plus in, in Children's Mercy? Yeah, so they're doing the same kind of deal with the pods. Um, it's essentially going to be how it will be space houses. You have six feet of space either side. And then eight and a half feet of space, like um, blowing above you. So, uh, same deal with Pogs. And obviously, Aliski's first three games, it's only open to season ticket members. And Sporting has said most of the groups they have of season ticket holders are between two to four. Um, so, you'll be looking at Pogs of about you know four people, and then there's six feet and eight and a half feet of space around them. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. I'll be, I'll be interested to see because that'll be the first team with the Royals, not, uh, not allowing fans at Kauffman mm-hmm. stadium sporting KC will be the first, just as it was the first back on the yep. field in action. It'll be the first to allow fans through the turnstiles. I'll be interested to see how, mm-hmm. how that goes. Hey, I, I, I did want to ask you another sort of a procedural question procedural question about the MLS. They've only scheduled six more regular season games. Mm-hmm. And we know that there will be more before the regular season ends on, I think it's November, November the 8th. But yep. why, why schedule just six? Are they, are they trying to, um, I, I don't know, uh, see where things stand in a month or what's going on with, uh, with, with the sort of the partial scheduling uh, announced by the league? Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's just kind of seeing where we are heading, you know, in a, a month's time, in three weeks' time even. And, you know, they've, they've called it phase one. So I'm sure once we right. get four or five games into this phase, if the league hasn't, you know, if cases aren't blowing up around the league, players and fans in the league isn't getting a terrible ref, I'm sure then we'll see phase two. And I imagine I'll be in over six to eight games. And then one more phase after that, I would imagine, up through November 8th. Right. And the MLS Cup, we know, is scheduled for for December 12th. Mm -hmm. Okay, a couple other topics I wanted to cover with you. First of all, um, there is uh, there's a new name. Uh, There's a name for the uh, for the the latest addition to the MLS. And uh, tell us what uh, tell us what it is. St. Louis City FC. So going to be. What do we think? I-70 rivalry. Um. You know, I like it personally, and I've had plenty of discussions about this blur about, yeah, <laughs> but I've had people argue that, you know, we've got Minnesota United and Austin FC and uh, New York City FC, all these kinds of generic names, but, and people are saying MLS is using, losing its American uniqueness, like the Earthquakes and the Galaxy and whatnot, um, yeah. but I always say that at the end of the day, this league is trying to make itself more respected on a global stage. And I can just say, obviously, being from England, people might, might not like to hear it, but people in England see like LA Galaxy and Houston Dynamo and kind of snick at it because it sounds a bit like a, a beer league game in England. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I know it works for other American sports, but because MLS is trying to be global. I have no issue with the, uh, you know, St. Louis City FCs and I'm trying to think 
what else? Cincinnati FC, Atlanta United. I'm okay with all of those personally. Right. Orlando came in with that as well. And um, yeah. Um, you know, listen, I, I'm a convert. I, when I, when the Kansas City Wiz and then the Wizards uh, switched to Sporting KC, I, I was skeptical. I can remember, I'll never forget the press conference to announce the name. And and it was this, I think, more groans than cheers from from the fan base. But part of that, too, was the, you know, just the, the previous, you know, iteration of the franchise just wasn't, at that point, hadn't been successful. And, um, and, and it was just like, oh, gosh, and now they're, they're bringing out this this name that doesn't make sense from an American sports perspective, yeah. And and then and then Children's Mercy Park was created, and the, the whole thing won. I think everybody certainly won me over and won everybody over. And it's just, um, I, I think the Kansas City MLS franchise is just a good example of how a you know a nickname change and a team name change can have a terrific marketing impact on. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the on the on the fan base, and of course, it helps that it's been so successful with the the two MLS Cups and the and the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open Cup uh, success that this uh, franchise has had. So, um, I think it's cool too, and I hope a rivalry does develop between the, yeah. the Kansas City and St. Louis uh, soccer cities. And I've, I've said this too um, that uh, it, it's it's amazing to me that it took St. Louis this long to get a, a franchise in MLS. I know there are some political reasons for it, but St. Louis was one of the original American soccer cities. Um, it was a, you know, St. Louis U was a was a soccer power back in the mm-hmm. '60s, winning NCAA championships. And um, St. Louis gave a lot to American soccer in, in its uh, in its early stages. So. Great for St. Louis to have a team. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Sporting KC and, and St. Louis games. It'll be that'll be fun. Okay, yeah. let's. Uh, I want to wrap it up. You've got a story coming up that I'm really excited about. And looking forward to. Uh, it's about the, uh, the Sporting Kansas City Academy. Tell us about uh, what we're going to see. Yeah, so it's. Uh, well, I guess it's presented by Bleacher Report and kind of powered by Aldi. Um, and essentially, it's an in-depth look at the Sporting KC Academy. Uh, it's five episodes. Uh, the first one was released on Wednesday, so I guess when this podcast is released. Well, today, in, in fairness, yeah. we're, we're taping this Tuesday mm-hmm. afternoon, and it's so it'll be released today, which is Wednesday. Yes. So, uh, that break I'll drop today, mm-hmm. and then basically it's going to be a, a episode a month up through Christmas. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's an in-depth look at how the academy system works for sports in KC, and it's the first in-depth doc that's ever been done, you know, on for such a large platform, looking at a MLS academy team. So it's a great chance for sports in KC to showcase how they have seven homegrown players, and I believe there's eight or nine guys in the SKC two team who have came through the academy, and just for you know, to show how sports in Kansas City produces so much talent and what they're doing correctly. So it's a great testament to the coaches um, and the work they've done over the past 10 to 12 years, really, since Academy Director John Perry came into the scene. Oh, gosh, I remember John Perry for sure. I, with a, I had a son who grew up in the in the youth soccer programs in, in Kansas City and in Johnson County. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and look, I... It's it's just amazing, really, what what's gone on with 
uh, with the academy and uh, and the development of soccer and develop development of soccer players and athletes in in the Kansas City area. So really looking forward to to that, Sean. Okay, hey, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from uh, Sporting Kansas City CEO Jake Reed, who met with the media last week to discuss the um, seating arrangements at, uh, at, at Children's Mercy Park. So, Sean, great catching up with you, and we will nice. talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Blair. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Jake, thanks for taking the time to do this today. I'm curious, sporting uh, held a lot of different events at Children's Mercy Park over the summer. How much did that help in deciding capacity and how well-equipped your team was to provide a socially distanced and safe environment for fans? Yeah, thanks, Ali. It was a huge help, right? I I think it's important to maybe say, you know, we're not really deciding anything at this point. Uh, we've obviously had consistent talks with both Unified Government, KCK, as well as the state of Kansas throughout this process, so that they're really the drivers of what we can and, and can't do. Uh, but for us, we wanted to have a couple of um, at least events so that we understood uh, how to operate, what that looks like. There's a ton of new protocols in place, clearly opening the doors to, to fans for that first uh, foray was not um, ideal, so that was immensely helpful and, and certainly uh, some lessons learned there as we prepare for uh, return to market here uh, in a couple of weeks. Next question, we'll go to Greg Eklund with NPR affiliate KCUR. Greg, your line is open. Good morning, Jake. Um, can you tell us what the timeline is on what you decide? Yeah, so still working through uh, some final details with Major League Soccer. We've had, um, again, more discussions than I can even count at this point with uh, both the city and the state in terms of their medical uh, professionals guiding the the process. So, you know, we're looking at August 25th on that first match uh, back at home uh, to to be the first event with fans in the building. So, uh, again, important to note, we we could actually do more capacity than we are going to roll out. Uh, We just feel like being conservative and and making sure that we're taking the safest approach possible has been our um, go to throughout this process, and certainly the last thing we want to do is is come out, um, you know, larger than we need to. So I, I think starting small and then uh, getting our arms wrapped around the process, and then you know at, at some point building from there makes sense. But for the first three games, we'll be set at uh, kind of that fourteen percent capacity, which which that's out to ballpark twenty five hundred folks uh, in the venue. Next question, we'll go to Blair Kirkoff with the Kansas City Star. Blair, your line is open. Hey, Jake, I just wanted to know um, how encouraged you were by the MLS's back tournament experience for the team and and for the league. 
Yeah, it's a good question. We were all nervous going into it, right? It's the it's a cliche in 2020, but you don't know what you don't know. And so getting into the bubble and, and uh, immense success, first of all, and I give the league a ton of credit. Uh, I would not have wanted to be the commissioner or anyone in the league office having to go through deciding all of the, uh, the, the you know process for uh, MLS is back. But it was fantastic. And I think if you look at our, our team, uh, they performed well a couple matches where, um, you know, we would have liked to have done better. But overall, I, I think a, immense success, both from our standpoint, to come home in first place in the West uh, and also from the league. I, I think the, the tail end of the tournament, I think they did 35,000 tests and, and two positives after you kind of had the, the Dallas and Nashville, um, you know, beginning. So, again, hard to argue that the protocols were not uh, excellent uh, along the way. And I, I think a huge success for the league overall. Next question, we'll go to Harold Kuntz with Fox 4. Harold, your line is open. Uh, do you feel like the rules you guys have put in place could kind of set some parameters for some other leagues that are looking at maybe trying to put in some attendance, notably uh, Major League Baseball and the NFL? Because I know the Chiefs and Royals are probably looking at you guys thinking, okay, 14%. You feel like you're laying some of the groundwork for them? Um, I mean, maybe that's not the intent by any means. Um, we, we feel, and I'm not familiar with what those, uh, what, what baseball or football have, have talked about just to, for context. So I don't, I don't even want to comment on, on their, um, process they're going into, but yeah, I mean, listen for us, it, again, it's less about what I think it's more about. Uh, I, I say this all the time to our staff, but I don't pretend to be the smartest guy in the room, uh, because I'm usually not. And so having consulted, uh, with, you know, all the medical professionals, that's really been our, our driver, um, through this process. We feel like we are above and beyond the protocols that we need to have, uh, in place as it's defined by the CDC and the local government. So we kind of took that and, and went beyond, uh, so, yeah, I, I think we're optimistic that this can, you know, be, um, you know, proof of concept for, for others, but certainly that's not the, the agenda that we've got. Our agenda is, is pretty simple, which is safety of our, our fans, players, staff, everyone that's going to be uh, involved in a match, and that's that's the sole driving force as we've kind of put this plan together. Next question, we'll go to Mark Burns with the Sports Business Journal. Mark, your line is open. Thanks, Jake, for, for doing this. Uh, I guess my question is, with the 2,500 fans from a financial and like economic standpoint, just given the limited capacity, does it even make financial sense for the team to even have fans to turn the lights on and open doors? Um, and like, how did you guys kind of calculate the economics of that? Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, Mark. To be be honest with you, I think the driving force again, not financial in this decision whatsoever. As we've um, done a couple of fan surveys throughout the. Last few months here, there's there's certainly a majority of our, our season tick members who have expressed that under a safe protocol, they'd be comfortable and would be excited to, to return. So we feel like we've got the demand. And ultimately, we just don't know where this thing goes down the stretch, right? And, and if it gets into a position where everyone's got limited capacity, um, whether it's throughout this year or as we go into 2021, we... we want to take baby steps along the way and so for us the the real driver was just being prepared starting small um getting our arms around it in that way uh, depending what happens down the stretch or as it goes into 2021 we feel like we've at least got um a great plan that we've already executed upon and, and we'll see but like everyone else is doing right now we're in constant communication with um the local governments just as things change we'll adapt as well and this is the current set of circumstances that we've got as we head into um august and we'll see what happens after that but if uh, financial was the driver this would probably not be a great decision like most things we've done in 2020. next question we'll go to sean goodwin with the kansas city star sean your line is open hey jay uh, obviously 
you know, everything went great and uh, MLS is back touring with the bubble and all the protocols. Obviously, you guys also have your own safety protocols, but are you still worried at any sort of backlash from the general public of allowing fans back in the stadium? No, it hasn't really. Uh, that's kind of not how we think about the process. I mean, for us, this is not political whatsoever. I mean, that, that's not even a, the decision-making, uh, you know, in our process. So we, we've been, again, we've tried to just operate off the facts. We've listened to um, the city and the state, and that's been the sole driver. So I, listen, I try not to pay attention to uh, social media and anything else these days because it's so polarizing that that's, that's not a good um you know, metric to use to make decisions. And so for us, we've tried to just look at the facts and talk to the experts who actually um, know what they're doing. And that's how we've made the decision. So I, do I expect some folks to, um, you know, be excited? Yes. Do I sec- expect folks to be um, not excited? Yes. There's always going to be two sides to the story. But again, for us, it's just been kind of a, uh, what do the numbers tell us and what the experts say? And that's how we've come to the conclusion. Next question, we'll go to Blair Kirkhoff with the Kansas City Star. Blair, your line is open. Hey, and Jake, have you consulted with uh, like an area sports architect about spacing in the stadium, and uh, and and how will you deal with the the, the cauldron seats? Yeah, we uh, we did not consult with anyone. Uh, our internal ticket folks, um, you know, came up with the, the layout. That's the the model that we use to to talk to the local officials about the spacing breaks down to I think it's six and a half feet um, to side to side, and there's eight feet of, of separation between front and back so uh you know for us it's most of our ticket holders are in groups of two or four so you're going to see pods of two or four largely um we just don't have a lot of, of sixes or or above so the reality of that the layout will be pods of two to four that are at least six and a half to eight feet um separated and then uh the ga sections in the venue so you've got the south stand which is general admission that is going to be reserved moving forward so we will not have uh GA there and then the cauldron will have clear markings on the north stand for the supporters as to where uh, they can and can't sit so it'll be very obvious Um, again we'll have kind of uh, pre-positioned pods that they're available to go in and that's one of the areas we're being uber conservative in Um, we expect 200 in there to start Uh, we've got approval for uh, almost double that but it's it's just it's a nuancey space. It's different. We didn't want to take uh, any uh, chances in there, so we're probably starting way less than we um, need to, but we felt that was the right thing to do. Next question, we'll go to David Smale with the Associated Press. David, your line is open. Uh, hi, Jake. Uh, any idea or have you determined how you're going to distribute the 2,500 tickets? Obviously, I have more season ticket holders than that. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's not an easy thing to go through. So we're, we, we're working through that. I think we've got a good plan. It's, it's the simplistic version is, is basically going to be a lottery um, process. We, we went through a million different scenarios of longevity or, or spend or seat category. And they're just, we didn't feel there was a fair and equitable way to do it other than just completely random. So that's where we've landed. So the, the process will happen this week with our, our ticket folks uh, going through um, think of it as a snake draft. Basically, if, if you know you've got the the first option to pick for game one, and you select your seats, you'll go back to the end of the draft, and it just kind of will repeat through the process. So I'm not going to pretend like that's the best way to do it. That's how we felt was the uh, just the, the fairest way to give everyone an equal opportunity um, to select seats. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Savannah Smith, and Chris Pickett. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking all things 
supporting KC. Links to stories about the team can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the sports extra that comes with the E-Edition. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole bit. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage that comes with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening and we'll be back on thursday with another episode